This is the LSC Tribe with podcast number three. Hope you enjoy it and thanks for listening. So welcome back to the LSC Tribe. This is the third podcast now. Um, the first time we've got back-to-back weeks. So thankfully this week we've beaten Manchester City 4-3. Um, we're just going to go straight in there. And Jordan, we'll start with your review of the match. What did you think? Um, well, I think the start of them or the build-up for the match, it was going. It is and was going to be the biggest match of our season. Um, by far, City are the best team in the league. Um, so we all were expecting a very hard test. Um, a general thought we're going to get beat. Um, they want to get embarrassed. Um, but I was surprised because the the performance each player um came out with was incredible, and they they played for the shirt, um, and to get the three points and stop that unbeaten run was just incredible. Yeah, have to agree. Um, I thought even players like Emery Chan, who are linked with moves away from the club and all, you couldn't fault any other performances. Um, there's a big, big talking point we're going to come back to later on in the podcast, which Loris Carius started um, in Nets for Liverpool. Um, there was um, outstanding performances all around the pitch from the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain, Firmino, Mane, Salah, everyone pulling their weight. Um, even Robertson at left-back was hyped on social media, sort of went viral for that 70-yard run of chasing down just everyone from start to finish, but... To be honest, I think that's what Liverpool needed um, to beat. At the end of the day, Manchester City were unbeaten all season. They've now got one defeat when you look at the league title, and that was us, or the league table, sorry. So that was us. We put that there. Um, and in my opinion, Liverpool needed the points more than Manchester City did. Um, towards the end of the match, it was nerve-wracking, completely nerve-wracking. That in fact, we were 4-1 up at one point. And it came back to 4-3 in the 91st minute. And for one point, Aguero hit the side net. And then I thought it was 4-8. So I thought it was all over, which would have been would have been like a defeat. Being 4-1 up against the to-be champions, in my opinion. And I think in everyone else's opinion, and to throw it away. But um, we're going to go in and start breaking the match down. So uh, first of all, um, Oxlade-Chamberlain scored our first goal. We're 1-0 up. And I was really, really glad to see Oxley chamberlain I think the manager had made a comment that he hadn't been shooting enough. Really, really direct run. Um, I think it was a shot outside the box, was it? Uh, it was outside the box. But even the run, I mean, beating two players just showed his power and strength. And, and all this hype about Ederson, of how good he is as a keeper, he couldn't even get anywhere near it. It was such a good of a sweet strike from him. So. Yeah, it was right down the bottom corner. That's the type of finish you want to see from him. So really, really strong, dominating run. Um, so that was us 1-0 up. Um, probably, it was very, very tight game, but I thought Liverpool were setting the pace. We were chasing every ball down. We said he wanted to quiet him down a few times, and we were chasing him down and not letting him have time in the ball. And Ederson refused to kick the ball, was rolling it out at every opportunity. Um, so we went into half time one each I felt slightly hard done by um, in my opinion I thought Carrius should have saved that Sané goal um, at his near post he, yes he should have saved it but the more you look at it it is a world class finish I mean you think of the power behind that shot 
um, top keeper would have saved it. A keeper that's gets you know has a run of games, has his confidence up. I mean, he gets thrown in there for probably the biggest game of the season, and obviously you're going to be nervous and mistakes happen. Like, um, I don't think the other goals he could have done it on the bike, um, but I think there's still more to come from Carius. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, remind me and we'll come back to Carius later on because I think that's a really big talking point this week. Um, but we'll move on. So half time one each. Um, we're one. Uh, yeah, we're one each with Manchester City. So. Uh, second half, I thought we came out all guns blazing. Um, for Mino, that was that the what people were saying was a foul on uh, John Stones, just pure strength, not a foul. What was pure strength? And yeah, the chip, the chip, the finish. What was that like? That, that was, was beautiful, absolutely um, delightful. It sort of reminded me, and you've seen clips all over social media of Robbie Fowler. It's basically identical the goal. Yeah. Um, I was going mad at the TV. I thought it was a brilliant goal, and he never even celebrated straight away. He sort of watched it like bounce and bounce and bounce. It bounced uh, off the inside post, and then he just shirt, shirt off. Gonna bounce off the inside of the post <coughs> and come back out, but no, it. What a finish! When you watch the goal back, it was nerve wracking. It was like slow motion going in, but when you're watching it live, but now you watch the goal back, it was oh, what a goal! Like, but I mean, when you actually think of it, when you're you pull off a type of finish in front of in front of thousands of people you must have some balls I know definitely um they got I think there was even a, a photo went up on their Instagram account um yesterday of Roberto Firmino with a shirt off just shirts clean off but uh moving on um Mane was the next goal um which watching it live I thought Fuck, why didn't he pass that to Oxley Chamberlain was steaming in through the middle and yeah. he brought the defender out instead of just slipping him he hit it with the outside of his left boot right into the top corner but um, weak foot as well exactly just what a finish he'd done that was it against Burnley was it? Uh, yes it was he'd done yep. the exact same just from the edge of the box yeah so. Um, yeah so what a finish but it was the type of thing where I was relieved that it went in, but it's the type of goal where I nearly would have preferred him to pass it because he could try the exact same thing next week and miss it. And miss it. Whereas, like, if you look back, if he would have missed sure. that, it would have been three each. Sure, even moments before that, he hit the post. No, no, that's we took a flipping five or ten minutes spell where we were all over them. They couldn't get near us. So um, that was uh, that was three one at that stage, and then. Ederson, supposedly the best keeper in the league, or second best goalkeeper, whatever way you look at it. Um, he made a balls. Yeah, threw that out there. Well, um, say it was it was on his weak foot, but usually if you are going to clear it, it's going to be up the byline or not the byline up the line. Sorry, because um, but it was just well for our luck it fell to Sal like, but even that once he hit it he turned celebrated he didn't even watch it go in that just shows the confidence that that player's living off I'm not actually was it Chamberlain that there was two of our players were sort of storming in after it as if they hit it and Salah just took pure like dominance saying like that is my ball it, it was nearly like if it was actually Chamberlain it was nearly when I looked at it I was like right that's his ball and then Salah just took it it was just Salah's chance as such um, which shows, as you said, it shows the confidence, it shows the dominance that he, he knows he can score. So um, that was good to see a 4-1, I thought, game over. And then 
just typical Liverpool started sitting back a wee bit and not chasing down as much and um, letting the pressure come on this and with <coughs> when we don't have our seventy five million pound defender on the pitch, you're sort of wondering these guys are just gonna cut through us and in fairness it did in the last sort of ten minutes with scored. Um again I don't think Harry's could have done anything about them. Um both of them were inside the box. Um no, they were like a scramble in the net, weren't they? Yeah. Which you know, these goals sorta of happen. But it's just part of football in my opinion, but it was more game management from us. It was you've seen the success where we're getting chasing down every single ball and pushing and pushing and then not that we stopped that but we laid that back far enough you couldn't do, you couldn't hold that for 90 minutes but you could notice such a difference in the performance we sort of sat back a wee bit and invited a wee bit more pressure which obviously nearly cost us but See, um, what I didn't understand was when City when it say scored the second goal why do we not when we had the ball just take it in the corner waste time that's the game management Liverpool really really like we've seen that before um, a couple of times this year with Sevilla Champions League 3-1 up threw mm. it away game management just hold the ball in the corner we were nearly rushing to get the ball back we wanted to score again to prove that you know we needed to win by two or three goals you don't you just need to win you know win by the one goal win by the two but just manage it don't throw it away so um that was another sort of that was probably the most concerning point out of the Man City match but said Silva we held on to the 84th minute and Bernardo Silva came off the bench and scored um, and Gundogan in the 91st minute and so as soon as that went then I was like oh, flip one more goal and we're losing points here and then last I don't even know what minute it was I was on my knees on the floor I had Milner with a stupid foul it was like 94th 95th minute and Aguero hit the side netting with a header and I was peeking through my fingers and I just I thought goal and I was like that's us that's us beat but thankfully not um, so going back to the Loris Carius and Simon Mignolet situation what's your thoughts on this week's news um, but being really honest I think Mignolet has had his chances he's been at so many years at the club and he's a number one goalkeeper and Yes, he goes through spells where, like, some of the saves he comes off with are just unbelievable. But there's just always a mistake in him. I mean, when he comes out for, you know, corners, he comes out to try and grab it or punch it. He flaps at it. Yeah, and big then time. that puts us back under <coughs> pressure and we can't get the ball cleared. Um, I think Karius, he's still a young keeper. Um, there's still more, definitely more to be seen of him. Uh, all all of Klopp's signings have seen to come out good or <coughs> developing good. Um, I don't think Harris has really had a chance yet. Um, with in pre season when we signed him, they broke his hand and that was a bit of a bad start. But you know, he need, he needs a chance. He needs uh, the run of games and the confidence to build up. Um, I mean, we've seen in the the Everton game, in the FA Cup. There's a couple of times with Van Dyke and Van Dyke was looking at him to come out and he was yeah. very hesitant, just yep. stayed on the he line. Stayed in his line. Yeah. Um that's where by playing those games you develop a partnership with your centre backs, with your the defence line. because yeah. that's it's vital. Totally agree. Um at the end of the day, 
Mignolet's 29. And I know that's relatively young for a goalkeeper, but 29 years old and Karras is 24. So there's a five-year difference there and we're sitting struggling to pick. We're still heading towards a Karras should be the number one. So the way I'm looking at that is going, Karras was voted the number two goalkeeper in Germany, um, in the German league behind Manuel Neuer the year before we signed him. That's why we signed him. He was voted number two um, in the player awards. So you've got a keeper that was the only player stopping him from winning the best keeper in the league was Manuel Neuer, the mm-hmm. German international goalkeeper. So that is one um, pointer that's saying, yes, he is a good keeper. And two, we're sitting here saying, yes, Karius should be the number one. And we're saying that, and he's five years younger than what Mignolet is. So surely he's only got room to grow. Why not yeah. throw him in? And even if he makes a few mistakes now, like, not saying that they're going to be vital, but like tomorrow or tomorrow night we play Swansea. I'm hoping we score four or five. So what if we let one in? So so what if we let two in as long as we're still winning these matches? Get the three points. As long as the keeper situation doesn't cost us points this season I say throw Karius in but hopefully that'll pay off in the long run and hopefully we won't need to buy another goalkeeper but I don't know I haven't seen enough of him to make a full judgement it would be unfair to say scrap him and buy a new one but yeah again as I say he needs a run of games and with a run of games you'll be able to you know you'll get your opinion of him Um. I mean, Willie. I mean, look at De Gea. His first season at United, yeah, he was exactly, shite. exactly. And now he's, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, let's just hope Karius turns out the same. I have to agree. Um, another question for you: What do you think about Virgil Van Dijk missing the injury, but back in training this week? Um, I think it's hard. It's hard to know. You'd think it could be, you know a load of crappy injury to try and protect a player um, for this whole status of 75 million and then going or playing against Man City and then you know conceding four goals and then all you hear oh 75 million pound for a defender who's conceded four goals yeah um, that was exactly my thing and when I I was sitting an hour before kick off um, about to watch the match team news came out and I was like yes come on feeling confident um, as with most Liverpool fans seems to be that we're more confident against the big teams than as remember we were discussing over Christmas about going to Burnley like that was our crunch match that was the the one that we could fuck up on so I was sitting going like I think we could take our game as long as a fab three now turn up I think we could yeah. really take this to them and at the end of the day we did but I seen Van Dyke and I thought that's fake that's I couldn't get I couldn't justify in my head how like Klopp made a comment in his interview before saying that if it was the last game of the season it's the type of thing you would play him and I was like well not that this is the last game of the season but this is probably one of the most important like we take points off these boys now like it sets us it sets us up for so many weeks to go you know so many weeks in in front of us so I don't know I was a wee bit disappointed but yeah, well, um, here's, here's a question for you the rest of the season, who partners Van Dyke centre back? Well, I don't know. That's a, that's a question that you'd have to ask Klopp. But in my opinion, um, 
if you would have asked me a couple of a couple of months ago, I would have said Matt Tape. But then I've seen Lovren. Lovren's like the minule of centre backs. He's like one minute he's amazing, the next minute he's not. But I don't know, Matt Tape isn't the most trustworthy defender either. It just seems to be any defender we get isn't that complete package. But there's something telling me that Lovren would be the perfect um, link up. I don't know if it's the whole Southampton sort of thing or Lovren can have a sort of swagger about him too and I'm thinking if you put in someone that really really naturally does have that swagger in Van Dyke, that he will just bring on Lovren with him and even if it doesn't bring Lovren up the world class standard it'll definitely lift him from what he is now so well I think the one thing we were missing in our defence was <coughs> organisation leadership and even by just the one game um, with Van Dyke playing, he was organising, he was telling where to go. I personally don't think Matt Tape or Lovren um, are the type of players that uh, do, have <coughs> that, do have that leadership uh, skill. Um, and I think with having Van Dyke by, I think, personally, Lovren's side, Lovren will become a better player, less mistakes. Yeah. Someone came around, it's like Carragher. You know, Carragher, he was doing all the organising at the back, making sure to stay online and who who to mark. And that's crucial. At the present moment, Van Dyke hopefully will step up. Yeah, 100%. So, just like to throw in, I think that both of us are dying of a fucking bad cough here. So, probably a bad day to do a podcast, but we tried to promise you that we would get one out a week. So, excuse the coughing but it's just part of the situation um seen another wee thing uh today moving on that um this day 10 years ago skirtle signed but played his debut exactly 10 years ago so baller surely he's worth a comment in the podcast that he was a lover hate center back as well wasn't he yeah well i was actually my first ever liverpool game um it was over against reading my one two one <coughs> And it was the first time I seen Skirtle. And I was over in, in Anfield and I actually bought a football shirt. And actually, because I seen Skirtle play and I was like, class. I went going back my shirt. I remember you with a Skirtle shirt on. <laughs> I was a bold statement and a half for a Liverpool <laughs> shirt with Skirtle on the back. What number, 38 or something? 37. Oh, I thought that's close enough. Um, yeah. yeah, I just thought he was worth a mention. Ten, but ten I thought years ago, say so. Skirtle and Daniel Iger. I know that was a partnership. Just both of them are just machines. I know. Seeing also going back to uh, ten years ago or old links or whatever that uh, Pepe Reno was linked with a a swap deal with Mignolet for for him to go to Napoli. See, not talked about in the echo. Um, I bring I bring that back hundred percent. I know that's. Pep Bayrena was one where, again, like one day he was the best player ever and the next day he wasn't. And n- now looking back, he was like one of the best goalkeepers we've had in years and you would oh, bite your arm far. off to have him back. By far. Like I, I would have him, yes, his age, but I would have him in our squad over Mignolet every single day of the week. Like. And even his distribution of his throws and his kicking was unbelievable. And you think about it, the pace and stuff in our team of how good that would be for a counter attack is incredible if well if it ever happened and that's, that's what we lack but I think 
carries. He seems to have he would throw the ball out quicker. <coughs> um, I thought Manuel sort of faffed about a bit, which I think his times up at Liverpool to be perfectly honest. Ah, uh, so do I. Well, we'll we'll bring up. We said we we're going to come back to the keeper thing, and we've discussed it a good bit. But what about Jurgen Klopp's comments this week about Carius now being the number one? Um, I think he has to be given that chance. Again, Manuel or yes, Manuel has had his chance. Um, Carius is young, big future ahead, but he has to be given the chance. Um, and I, I honestly think he's the way to go. Um, I mean you've brought in Van Dyke, who's comfortable on the ball, <coughs> and has that is a leadership uh, figure. So why not? What's stopping us? You know what's stopping, what's stopping Carius to improve the only way he's going to improve is with a run of games yeah um do you think it was the right thing to do for for Klopp to announce that halfway through a season I think on on a social view it looks bad the way he's chopping and changing of who he is his number one keeper at the start of the season it was Mendele and now it's Karius maybe it was it was his plan to you know First half of the season, it was Mignolet, and when it comes to Christmas time, we'll swap it for Carius and see, you know, compare them. And then in the summer, either you get a keeper or whoever played better out of the two, you stick for the next season. That's as we we're discussing, we're not really sure who the best goalkeeper is overall, but the way we can't decide, I don't think Klopp has decided either. Who like you can't just change goalkeeper like that without not being a hundred percent sure. If if he was a hundred percent sure, even if there was bad games, he would stick with whatever keeper. But I think he's just got a bit fed up, and I think he's looking as you say more to the long run. Like it's down to age, isn't it? Carius has room yeah. to improve, and I don't think Mignolet has that. But I really feel sorry for Danny Ward because he's just sitting in the background and it's a waste of a season. Really, it's, he, he was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. You know, last year like. Yeah, if he if he would have been if we would have sold him to Huddersfield two years ago, um, instead of going on loan, he would have got promoted with Huddersfield from a championship into the Premier League and he was starting, so he would have been a starting Premier League goalkeeper this year. Like have we fucked him over? I ruined his career. Yeah. But um, I mean, does that mean <coughs> he moves into if we sell manually, does he become number one or two? Number two. No. And in the same situation carious reward um, well we'll move on to what do you think the starting lineup should be if we're playing Swansea we're recording this on Sunday so tomorrow night we're playing Swansea away um, we demolished them at home over the Christmas period which I think was the easiest match over the Christmas period with Burnley and Leicester and stuff like that so um, I think don't think it'll be as easy as what we've done them at Anfield. One, we're away, and two, they've seen what we're at. And there's been a few wee things in the echo and stuff this week of them hinting of they've found a so-called uh, method to stop us and to stop the Salah and Mane's. And so it'll be interesting to see what they've got up their sleeve. But I don't see it being probably mind games. Uh, I don't see it being a four or five nil job. It it could well be, but it won't be an easy 4-5 or five. I don't see Swansea lying down but as long as it's not a what would you say a, a fuck up or you know 
we end up getting beat by. Oh, I don't even go there. I know. A scrappy goal, and we can't score one of those games. I know. Um, what do you think? Uh, do you want to go ahead with your starting eleven? Yeah. Well, obviously we know <coughs> we know that Carrius uh, is starting, so I'll just go for Carrius. Right back will be Gomez. Centre back, I think he'll stick with Matip, even though I would prefer Lovren. Um, the partner Van Dyke. Left back, I know Moreno's back in training, but I think Robertson's no one can take that spot away from him at the moment. Um, center mids, I think he'll go for Chan, Win Alden, and probably the Ox. Um, and then obviously the Fab Three. Um, We're gonna need to get a new name for that. <laughs> I know. Um, Mane, Firmino, and Salah. So. Hopefully, they're still firing all four cylinders and get the job done. What's your predicted? Um. Well, again, we're going on the assumption that Karius is starting. Um. So, normally I would be fanboy of Gomez, but for the first time, I know we're playing the best team in the league, but for the first time on Sunday there, I really thought he got sold for the goal that made it one each, Sané's goal. Yeah. He chested it down, and Gomez, for it wouldn't have mattered. He could have just kept. He was running the complete opposite way. Came out, Sane chested it down straight past him. Gomez, could, for all he wanted, could have ran straight in the changing rooms. He would have been as much use. He was. I thought he was at fault for that Sane goal. Bit of proper defending, standing off and shielding your man would have maybe not saved the goal, but it would have fucking made a bit of a difference to what he'd done. Yeah. So for that purpose, I'm gonna go Trent right back. Um, I know it's a bit of a bold one, but I rate the wee man from Aggie's outstanding. So Trent done it right back. Gonna go with uh Lovren and I have a funny feeling he's gonna play Lovren and Matip together. So do I don't think he can leave Van Dyke out of the biggest game of the season and then throw him in against a nothing game the next week. I don't think he can do that. So I'm gonna say that Klopp is gonna play. Lovren and Matty, but right. my team is going to be Lovren and Virgil van Dijk. So, um, going on then the left back, I would agree with you that Robertson's going to play. Um, that whole big seventy yard run thing, as much as it was wasted effort as such, it was just the pure desire of the wee man. So, um, he's going in there. I know Moreno's back, but I agree with you, Robertson then. Um, Chan was for me one of the best players in the pitch him and Oxley Chamberlain against City so the two of them um, what do you think about Wanyaldum playing away from home um, yeah I know there's there's always that thing about he never scores you know away um, I think he does dictate the flow of the passing um, <coughs> I think he's very you know his passing is just left right <coughs> He would never really adventure with it much, um. But you have to consider Lallana's now back. True. Yeah. So I would say it's probably between them two. Um. Mm. I think there's a good chance that he will start Lallana over Wijnaldum. What's the? Do you know the situation with Henderson? He's back in full training. Right. Will he be up for selection then, or will he back in a week or two? I say another week. Right. Unless he gets an ACL. So. <laughs> Um, I'll go with Wanyaldum, Chan, 
and Oxley Chamberlain then just the same three. I think the performance was too good to drop some of them. Um, Wanyaldum was the worst out of the three in my opinion, but I'd say I'll go with the same three. I know Klopp's all about rotation and all, but we'll go with the same three, and then the front three's unchangeable. Unless he could, he could do a silly Solanke or something up front, but Firmino and all is just... There's no words for them. They're on fire at the moment. Like, Firmino, to me, is the most underrated striker in the Premier League. Like, a lot of people wouldn't put him in the same boat as Aguero's and um, Lacazette's and all the big-name strikers, but... I think he's right up in there, like for what he's doing for us, he's not even um, just the Premier League, Europe, you know, Champions League. He's he's up there, like mm, he's there's not much. I still I still think the Premier League's <coughs> the best league in the world, like. But when you look over in Barcelona and stuff, Suarez. Don't know if Suarez is still as hot as you know no, previous I, season. I think he's off the ball a wee bit, but I think. Firmino for his effort and he's really starting to get a wee bit of swagger about him like I think like see when you see his like his flipping ridiculous clothes and all he wears his fashion sense and all like yeah you nearly think that the more bold he gets like the more confident he is so to me he's starting to get that wee swagger like on Saturday or Sunday whenever the match was when he scored against City that's why I put that thing up on Instagram it was like every player nowadays knows they're getting the yellow card if their shirt comes off and it was just no fucks given. I scored, exactly. shirts <laughs> off, I don't give a fuck, you know. So he's got that sort of, you know, I can do what I want type of thing, which is good to have. It's If you're going to have it somewhere, you have it up front, like. So really, really pleased with him at the moment. So I'd just go with the same front three, Mane, Salah and Firmino. So I think it, the team nearly picks itself at the moment. Yeah, they're, them front three, they're irreplaceable. Um, and it, it did show, to be honest, that Coutinho... We didn't really need him like against City, um, which is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> big time, yeah. Um, we'll go in. There's a few comments in here we've, um, we've been asking there in the last couple of weeks for your guys' feedback or not feedback as such, but questions for a Q&A segment. So we're going to go in <coughs> with a Q&A here, questions that you guys have asked us um, that you want our answers. So first one... Um, was was uh, Man City our best performance of the season? Um, without a doubt. And by the way, this is from Matthew on Facebook. Um, without a doubt. Um, I think that performance was real gut. Um, the pressing, I mean the press for the whole 19 minutes. And even defending, you know, against the top team. In the league, they defended. I mean, they wore their heart in their sleeve. They were, they were fantastic. Um, I know we conceded, but that game we deserved to win. And even Pep and all congratulated us for seeing that. Yep. For coming out and playing, you know, even even Kevin De Bruyne, even says like you know well done because you wouldn't like to say that we're the only teams that really properly challenged them. Like sure, he supports us. Sign him up. <laughs> Big time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for the comment. There's two more here we need to get through. Um, Michael asks, do we need to replace Coutinho? I would go straight in and say, in this window, no. Um, I would rather get a long-term replacement and the right replacement 
rather than just rush in or we have 120 million and panic buy so if you're talking about this window i would say no what do you think um i think no because i think if any player you go for in this window they're going to be double the price because you're you've just been given 140 million so if you go for a player which the value is say thirty million, they're gonna look sixty million. Big time, yeah. It's the same as Van Dyke. That's the only, you know, seventy five million for a player is maybe worth forty. No, no, I know, I know. Um, so thanks again for that. Um, gonna go last one here is, do you think we will get top four this season? Well, if we beat Swansea tomorrow, I think that's was it five points between fourth and fifth place so I think it's our place to lose to be completely honest um, Chelsea in the past couple of games haven't been well I know the one in 4-0 yeah the weekend but, um, I still don't think they've been as good as they were last season no nowhere near it Arsenal were losing Sanchez um, I know like a Tarayan supposed to be um, going, going the other to, way and maybe a Bamiang but <coughs> surely they're too far behind now to cause a threat. I don't think they are. Um, I think they've lost the plot as a club. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spurs, put it this way, if Harry Kane gets injured, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. I, I watched the Spurs match today against the way to Southampton, and it was the worst match I've watched in months. Brutal. So it was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Um, and see why Spurs are never on Sky or BT, like, but. Um, just looking forward I'm glad we're on TV this week so I know something to look forward to exactly it's a good way to break the weekend so uh, thanks for all your questions remember that you all get a shout out so um, send all your questions it doesn't matter YouTube comments Instagram Twitter Facebook head us up anything um, and we'll get them all answered um, on next week's podcast so we're also talking about doing a few more smaller segments not in the main podcast but throughout the week of um, maybe like player match ratings um, what else like scores and breakdowns of all different matches and just trying to spread it out to give you something not every day but every couple of days you can go on you know yeah. you know that Sunday's going to be podcast day and maybe a Wednesday we'll have like player ratings or um, even during the January transfer window you know transfer speculation or rumours or um, whatever so let us know about that as well if you'd be interested in um us producing a wee bit more for you so um obviously we'd like to know that you are enjoying it for us it's a lot of time and effort goes into doing it so um moving on then uh that's the comments and shout outs all done so really it's just on the swansea isn't it and it's really transfers yeah um transfers has been relatively quiet this week hasn't it I think stupid ones have came up. I think people are making up, but you know, I don't know if there will be anything coming in. There's reports of James Rodriguez. Seen that. Um, Tony Cruz, who <laughs> wants to play under Klopp, <laughs> which I would not take Cruz whatsoever because he's so slow. Mm. And we have a pacey team, so what's the point? He's a world class player, but. Um, suppose you could argue that the whole German links there, but I think that's just press speculation, in my opinion. Um, the thing is about 
James, I think. James Underclap could be a real. Like, James Rodriguez is a different player, I thought, for Colombia than he has been for his clubs. He sort of had a real sort of up and down club career, but he's always had all these crazy transfers and um, he's always been worth a lot of money. But I see a lot of potential in that player. Like, I remember watching him, I think it was in the World Cup for That's Colombia. That's the only thing I've seen him play is World Cup. He's been shite abso- anywhere else. He was absolutely powerful. He was, he's like Colombia were like relying on him. So, um, like, you've seen what Klopp's done for other players and. As soon as I seen that link, it wasn't something I dreamt up in my own head. And seen the link, and I thought, you know what, I would take him. I really, yeah. really would take him. Like when you seen what we signed Coutinho for, I had never heard of the the guy before. So, if I know that wasn't all clap, there's a lot of natural talent there. But you've seen how much players have come on under clap, and I'm sitting thinking, James Rodriguez is really young. Get him in under clap and give him it. Like just give him everything and I think he would be the ideal if there is a so called Coutinho replacement in my opinion he could go on to be bigger and better than what Coutinho ever was for us in my opinion but I don't know it's at this stage it's all transfer speculation but we'll yeah. soon see seeing there's maybe some outgoings Sturridge the Inter Milan yeah um, good move or bad move well Sturridge he has a wee sort of soft spot in my heart obviously there's a lot of goals and stuff there for Liverpool and you have to give him respect for that He's just not any player can go and do that um, I think Sturridge was lucky that he got tied up in the Suarez and Sterling the SAS I think he got pulled along a lot by that um, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think he's good enough for us at the minute and I don't see him breaking in anywhere I'm sort of Always sigh, or I would rather see Solanke or someone like this getting a chance. You know, Sturridge has had his chance and he's shown to fall through a wee bit. He's not saying he's not a good player, but he's not good enough for us. So let him go on and finish his career somewhere where hopefully he can be, he can be better as such. <coughs> I, I think Sturridge <coughs> is something, you know, he is a real prolific striker. Yeah, the, the finishing he comes off with. And I know a guy you wouldn't say that Firmino is the best at finishing. There's a lot of chances like he misses. I mean Sturridge, he does score them, but it's just injury prone. And I know injuries are shocking, just like injury after injury after injury, and then also um, the fact that like I think he's very confidence based. You know. The type of player he's very forward. Now you see him doing me things on LFC TV and stuff. He's very, very forward and very confident, and he seems to be like the joker of the changing room. To me, a player like that that isn't in the starting eleven sort of loses his, loses his vibe and loses his. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. He, he nearly needs to be one of the top players to be getting on like that. So, um, I think he's better off going. Liverpool are talking about wanting twenty five million if they can get that, which I doubt they will, but. 20 million, let him go. Just as long uh, as it's not the another Premier League club. Yeah, I would agree. It's good for both parties. For Liverpool, getting a wee bit more money in, which we don't really need. But uh-huh. let the player go. He's done the club good. Let him go and uh, hopefully progress his career a wee bit. Um, as you say, outside the Premier League. Um, so, uh, what else is there then? There was Lone Watch. Well, I think you've got all the. The details that I've seen Woodburn was talked 
about going to uh, where was it? He Sunderland. Sunderland, and it collapsed. I think Klopp pulled the plug on it. <coughs> um, they were looking. Well, I think he's going to be teaming up with his Wales, well, ex Wales manager. Yeah. Chris Coleman. Yep, that's right. Um, but I think with like Coutinho going, then we'll burn. What would you say? He's a younger version. <laughs> um, Ojo seems to be impressing at Fulham. Yep. Um, again, I would like to see him in our, you know, in our first team in the future. Um, there was another one. There was uh, Grucic. Who did he sign for? It was Cardiff. Char- Cardiff City. That's the one. I knew it was someone in the championship. And Kent. He went to Bristol City. Yeah. So there's, there's, um, academy players maybe bar Grucic. Like, um, they're going out and they're getting games. Grucic, I'm putting this out here, I've said it before in the podcast, I think Grucic will be in our first team at some point, I do. especially if Chan goes and Nabi Keita and stuff to come in, which another talking point, I think it will be this summer, I don't, don't see him, uh, nah, unless there's a shocking injury or something tomorrow night that will let Liverpool go out and say, right, there's 20 million, give us him now, but as far as I'm concerned, let him come in this summer, but Grucic I think will be one for the future, um, I honestly do think he's good enough for it, from what I've seen of him. Um, just on that, you touched on the, about the so-called, you know, like academy players and stuff going out and loan. Question yeah. that you were, uh, you put to me before we started recording about what do you think about uh, English academies? Are they much use? Like compared to like Liverpool going out and, um, it's not just Liverpool, but there's a lot of clubs going out and just buying from across it's the water. Like Chelsea's a big example. I mean, a lot of their I mean, yes, there has been a few Christensen's. He's came out and started this season. Um, I think, I mean, they use that Dutch team. I don't know what they're called, Vitesse or something. Uh, Vitesse or Aye, something Vitesse. like that. And a lot of the lone players go and play there. But you think about it, with all the academy players that, you know, they go through the academy, um, I mean, how many actually do break out into the first team? I know. Is it a waste of time or are we just seeing a change? Is that... Is that the way it's done that Liverpool will bring up 20 players and 15 of them will end up going to smaller clubs and having careers there? Or is it, and Liverpool will have to go and buy? But there's obviously clubs somewhere that are that are progressing all these players and going to clubs and end up making a lot of money out of them. So there's clubs about there in the world that are doing that, whereas we don't seem to be one yet. Like Liverpool and Klopp would pride themselves on bringing on youth and bringing on sort of younger ones, but... It's still not at the stage where it's you're seeing a noticeable difference, but then again we're doing very well, so it might be a good thing that, you know, maybe that's why we're doing so well that there's not a lot of kids. So. Yeah, can't win things with kids. Yeah, that's, it goes back to that old slogan. But um, unless there's anything else for this week, I think that'll do. Is yeah. I'm definitely dying of the cold, like so. Um, said it earlier on but apologies again for I've been coughing and spluttering throughout the podcast but took priority of getting the podcast up so um, thanks again for listening um, please tune in again next week this will be on iTunes um, it'll be on YouTube uh, please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram that's where you're going to get all the news um, we'll put up a few wee posts when the podcast and stuff come out um, but the best way is probably YouTube. Turn subscribe and turn the bell notifications on, and you'll get a notification to your phone saying the podcast is out. So uh, we're always looking for questions for our Q and A segments. 
Um, so remember to comment them in, uh, no matter where, we'll get them on all platforms. So uh, thanks again for listening. Um, this has been, I'm James and uh, been Jordan as well in the podcast, the usual too. So um, thanks for listening and we'll be back again next week for podcast number four, hopefully.